UFC 287, Pereira versus Adesanya, two for the UFC middleweight champion of the world. Uh, this podcast is sponsored by Hatton James Legal. That's HattonJamesLegal.co.uk. Go to there for all your employment law needs. And also Overst Events. That's OverstEvents.com uh, for your event management. Your event just made easier, just easier. So there's the uh, sponsors and thank you to them. And last but not least, the podcast would not be possible without our friends at uh, SRB Media. That's SRB Media who edit and uh, produce this uh, podcast. And uh, over on srbmedia.co.uk, you can uh, get a range of uh, a full array of podcasts from football, music um, and pretty much any other interest you've got and so head over to SRB Media SRB Media Okay, to contact the, the podcast, contact the show you can email the MMA show 7, the MMA show 7 at gmail.com I think we've got one fan question at least this month um, the Twitter handle is the at the MMA shower and uh, the Facebook page is Let's Talk MMA so always interested in your comments, um, suggestions, hints, and uh, anything else you think. So, yeah, in this uh, month's podcast, we shall uh, preview UFC 287. Plus, we'll go around the MMA world and look at all the news and and uh, pick a, a couple of fan questions as well, maybe one or two. And, uh, yeah, no more to do, so I'll introduce my co-host, and that's uh, Matt Penny from Purely MMA. Hello, Matt. How are you? Good afternoon. Pleasure to be back as always. Um, really looking forward to another an, another blockbuster blockbuster event. You know, UFC seems to be churning them out this year. We've mentioned a couple of times already, but it's their big anniversary. So, another cool big event coming up. Well, as of time of recording, it's not this weekend, but the weekend after. And uh, I'm just happy that it doesn't fall on a uh, a big weekend for my other passion, which is professional wrestling, because it's WrestleMania this weekend. So I'm really happy that these two events don't fall on the same weekend, thank God. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. It's uh, March, so that means WrestleMania month, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, coming up this weekend. I'm, I'm pretty sure last year we it was like there was a big pay-per-view, the UFC pay-per-view on the same weekend. Mm-hmm. So I was like up from sort of midnight till 3 or 4 a.m. to watch... WWE and then <laughs> he got no sleep because then UFC obviously kicks in the main card at yeah. sort of three o'clock, four o'clock. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so uh, thank the Lord that it's not on the same weekend this year. So you, you had a, a feast of uh, sports entertainment and, uh, and real, real fighting, shall we say? Yeah. yeah it's, it's why I'm really jealous of like the, the, the listeners and, and UFC fans in the States because I mean, like you can get your friends around and you can eat food and make a you know a big party of it, but in the UK, these kind of things aren't very social because it's so late and you know the middle of the night, so it kind of sucks. But yeah, we uh, we get through it, don't we? We do, we do indeed. Yes. Okay, so we're we're gonna um, preview UFC two eighty seven. Um, we're gonna he- focus heavily on uh, Gilbert Burns versus uh, Jorge Masvidal and Alex Pereira versus Israel Adesanya, the rematch, of course. Um, but I was just looking through the just a general sort of uh, perspective or a comment, really, that uh, Kelvin Gastelman is on the uh, prelim card, I think the main event on the prelim, and uh, Michael Chiesa as well. So it's a fairly uh, sort of heavy card at the bottom of the card. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I feel like. I feel like this card is. Uh, I mean, Castellum. I, I feel like he's living off his name a little bit now. At, the, at this point, you know, I, I, I thought when I, you know, I always look at the event before we 
press record and just looking through everybody. I, I could have sworn that Kelvin Gastelum was like 40 years old and coming towards the end of his career, <laughs> but he's only 31. Yeah. So, like, uh, you know, uh, but he didn't, he's been in the UFC as far back as I can remember. And so well, I just thought he was, I was expecting him to be much, much older. Well, he won the ultimate fighter where John Jones and Chael Sonnen were the coaches. And he was nineteen yes. twenty then, round about that age. So uh, I know what you mean. And he he beat Uriah Hall um, in the final. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So yeah, years and years ago. So he's been. You know, I just expected him to be much older. Um, but but I mean, he looks like an older guy as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just like he's always had issues in the UFC, isn't he? He's always like he's kind of always, he's had he's had like drug tests, has not he? Uh, he's moved. Missed weight. He's weight. Yeah, he's missed weight yeah, a yeah. couple of times. Yeah, um, so he's always he's never had an easy run of it. It's always been one thing or the other, hasn't it? Um, yeah, for him. But you know, he's not on a great run. So I, I was going to come on and say, well, it's probably the end for him. But I mean, he is he's not old, is he? So. No. And he hasn't taken, if I remember correctly, he hasn't taken heaps of damage. You know, he hasn't been in wars that spring to mind, but. Uh, so, you know, that is probably no, means he's a good shape as well. And with, like, you know, with the English, and it's, it, he's, he's a bit of a sore name for us, isn't he, really? Because, you know, he's the he's the one who finished Michael Bisping off and his mm. career off. So, yeah, he always hits, hits a nerve with, with, with us English. Yeah. No, that's a good point. And um, when did he fight Adesanya? That was... Two years ago, three years ago, for the title, uh, yeah, it was a no, yeah, more, yeah, yeah. three, two thousand nineteen. That was a great fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a great fight, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a really, really good fight. Yeah, but uh, okay, um, yeah. The other um, sort of notable mention on the card is uh, Raúl Rosas, who's a teenage sensation. I think he won the Dana White Contender Series a year ago. Would have been seventeen or sixteen. Um, obviously he's only had a few fights but um, he's one of those that the talent stands out and you, you have to really talk about it and, and sort of sit up and take attention because um, pay attention and uh, you know there's a lot of immense talent doesn't mean it's an automatic formula you've got talent and you'll be a superstar they still have to work really hard and make sure their head is correct and you know out of cage activities are not too crazy so uh I don't know if you've got any thoughts on Raul. Well, it's, it's just crazy, isn't it, really? Like, obviously, he's got Dana White's backing. And he's mm. obviously got his support, probably because Dana wants to push his his TV show. You know, he wants to push the Contender Series and make it look like the best um, show. But, I mean, I, I'm looking at his Sherdog record, I think he had, uh, out, of, out of the UFC and in the UFC, mm. I think he had, like, six fights in 2022. Right? Yeah. So he's racking them up at a young age yeah um, you just you just hope that he doesn't derail it you know doesn't take too much damage um, I mean and don't push him too quickly as well yeah. for God's sake I mean please just you know keep him going up the ranks make him do it the right way yeah uh, but I mean you know with, with his youth on his side and with the rate of of guys that he's going through I mean he could be facing a title shot in 2024 I, I I definitely would believe that. I yeah. Put money on it as well. Yeah. And uh, you make a, a good point that, uh, you know, he's coming from the Dana White series, uh, contender series. And, um, and imagine if Dana White produces a champion or, or two, um, he'll obviously view that as his talent for his talent for spotting talent, if you like. Yeah. So, you, yeah. So he would give his series a lot more kudos, I imagine. Yeah, for sure. And it, even out, even though it's not in the UFC, to fight six times in one year mm. in mixed martial arts is very, very impressive. Yeah. Of course, if you don't take any damage, it's, you know, you can do that. You, you, if you're not medically suspended, you, you yeah. can do that. But still, yeah. to, to do that and take no damage and actually pull it off is uh, it's pretty impressive, you know. Um, yeah. But he's got youth on his side, I suppose. So he, he's ready and raring to go and just wants to keep keep on ploughing through. Yeah, and uh, he's a he's a Mexican American, and um, I think um, there's certainly been a push in the last 
five, six years, maybe maybe a bit longer, when UFC first went to Mexico. I think it was a Cain Velasquez Vadum fight, was it? Was that the first one or one of the first ones anyway? Yeah, sounds uh, about right. Yeah. Round about there. And um, I, I noticed and I've, and I've read that um, we mentioned Kelvin Gastelman. He's got Mexican heritage. Tony Ferguson, obviously Cain Velasquez. And um, I read somewhere that a lot of these guys, you know, the ones that are born in America, um, they don't really know Spanish, but the UFC pushed them to learn Spanish so they could do a press conference in Mexico in Spanish and then obviously English as well. But I'm not saying this is the case with Raul. He's obviously born in the States, but um, I don't know if, if his family spoke Spanish to him. That's the way you would naturally speak it as someone being bilingual or dual lingual. But um, yeah, there's been a a very big push from UFC for Spanish-speaking fighters who born in the US in the last few years. Yeah, and I, I think it's I think it's an advantage to the fighters as well. If you pick, if you want to represent like a a different country to where you're born in the like in the states, for example, if you go to your, like where your roots are and you decide to represent a different country from like your mother or father's side, I think you get more props for that. And it's, I think it sounds almost a little bit better if they say, oh, he's a Mexican champion rather than he's an American champion. I, I feel like mm. you get more, maybe more money as well, because if you lean on the fact that you're Mexican instead of American, yeah. you might push for an event in Mexico. You're more likely to get like the main event. Or more publicity. More spot. Yeah, yeah. More publicity, yeah. And it, it was like, for a while, we had like a big African push as yeah. well when um, man was champion. Um, obviously not anymore um, <laughs> and Adesanya of course you know, yeah. there was a big push as well last year for like a UFC Africa and yeah. obviously that's fallen off a cliff now because those two are gone not gone but not yeah. champion um, yeah. so yeah it definitely it helps the UFC as well as as well as the fighter I would say yeah and um, it's interesting that, that you say that uh, obviously you know that if they can push the, the Mexican side they do um, I I sense when I've heard him speak in Spanish I'm not a fluent Spanish speaker but I can sense some hesitancy that they're trying to formulate the words so you know things like hola que tal bien if you if you know a Spanish speaker it just flows but when someone treats it as a second or third language it doesn't flow so maybe they learned it recently or maybe they knew it as a kid and didn't speak it I don't know but I remember Ferguson uh, sorry Khabib when he was going to fight Ferguson in what I don't know number six or whatever it was in the end where they didn't actually fight but they were preparing they did a couple of press conferences and uh, Ferguson went overboard I'm, I'm Mexican tough I'm Mexican crazy I'm Mexican this I'm... and Khabib is so astute he goes Mexican your second name's Ferguson <laughs> Uh, that just cracked me up yeah I, it's I, I think it's just difficult for like us to maybe understand but I, I think it's just very big in America they do mm-hmm. work on their heritage a lot um, they like to to rep where they came from and before them themselves you know so it's like Tony Ferguson I think, I think he has, also has some like some not not blood related, but he has some sort of like Scottish. Um, I was like step family. Uh, yeah, so. I was just going to say that the Ferguson that we probably know is Sir Alex Ferguson, the former Man United manager. Yeah, it, yeah. So it's just like obviously it's not blood related, but I think there is. I think I, I think I read that somewhere that he has mm. like some sort of Scottish like upbringing or yeah heritage um, step yeah parent or something like that. But yeah, it's just very big. Over, over in the States they yeah. try to fall back on their heritage and, and rep it and it's it's almost like when we when I definitely anyway but when Brits think of like Americans they think oh they're very very uh, loyal to America pa- very, patriotic yeah. know, very patriotic to America but actually a lot of them tend to go back to other yeah, heritage ethnic know, roots Lesnar, when he, yeah yeah and when Brock Lesnar like came back for I was at UFC 200 he had Canada on his arm instead because yeah. his home is now in Canada mm. and he likes that instead so yeah. they're yeah. very quick to uh, to change and 
and use it as their to their yeah. advantage for sure. And we have an example of Lennox Lewis, who was born in London, moved to Canada for six years. Uh, so when he was six, five or six years old, won Olympic gold for Canada. <laughs> and when he became professional, he, he suddenly became British again. So uh, with a very North American accent, probably a bit yeah. before your time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's anyway, it's, it's an interesting discussion point. And uh, Habib was always very astute, you know, for noticing when um, Conor McGregor was, was, he was touting his Irish, obviously his Irish, but uh, he was really sort of pushing that. And he was trying to uh, create conflict because I think in Khabib's camp, they've got uh, some Chechenian fighters or coaches. And there's a bit of, you know, needle between Dagestan and Chechnya, uh, as most neighbours have. And um, Khabib found out that uh, McGregor's grandfather fought for the English against the Irish. <laughs> and he brought it up in a press, co press conference. I thought that was very good research from his team. Yeah, I think, I, I think we underrate... I think we underrate a lot what Khabib brought to the table. He, he wasn't an idiot. Connor, do you speak any other language apart from... Why do you speak English if you're Irish? And uh, Khabib said, I speak six languages, Turkish, Arabic, Russian, obviously, English, and a few others. But uh, anyway, we uh, we digress a bit. Uh, but I thought that was interesting. Well, it, it, it could very much lead on nicely to the co-main, to be fair, because obviously... Jorge Masvidal is uh, another yeah. one of those Cuban American, yeah. yeah, Cuban Peruvian as well. It was his mother, and so again, very much another American mm. fighter who uh, falls back on his heritage. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he came to the states from Cuba when they used to escape Cuba on a literally on a raft. So you can imagine how bad it was on Cuba if you're going to go across the Atlantic Sea or the Caribbean Sea, Atlantic Ocean, sorry, Caribbean Sea on a raft. And I think he was three or four years old, maybe. But uh, but coming to the fight itself, um, I, I just see Gilbert Burns and Masvidal, I just see violence and blood. I think we'll have to do a bit more analysis than that, but what's your initial impression to make it a decent podcast? I I ex fully expect violence and blood, for sure. <laughs> um, you know, it's just amazing that now with the title change uh, for Leon Edwards, it, it seems like Masvidal especially has got a bit of a career refresh. Mm. Uh, I, I don't think you could say that he deserved to fight again uh, for the title against uh, Kamaru. Obviously, now that you know the situation is different, he's got the heat with Leon from a few years ago. Um, he's got a ready-made, uh, ready-made promo. He's got a ready-made promo, and obviously, it's it's not like it's just anybody. But you know, Masvidal and Leon had the little scrap back in London a couple of years ago. Yeah, and that that's um, that's the promo for this. If they do fight, perfect. You know, UFC don't have to spend any money. Yeah, and it's just like it's, it's amazing how. Sometimes we, we, we love it when, you know, you have a champion who's there for 10 fights retaining. You know, sometimes that's, that's great if there's a good roulette, you know, a good mm. wheel of, of challenges. But it, here it's the opposite. You know, a, a title change has, has refreshed his career for sure. And a win here could possibly mean a title shot in 2023. Mm. It's, it's the same for Burns as well. Um, you know, it just so happens that in this, this case, a fresh champion has it could give some fresh opportunities for sure yeah in terms of um, how the fight will go and, and give us your style matchups from both fighters perspective I, I think Burns is probably more dangerous more well rounded than, than Masvidal um, yeah I, I'm pretty hypocritical uh, in my analysis some, sometimes I say form should take precedent other times I say you know entertainment factor should take precedent but here it's like Masvidal's had a very patchy career like throughout the years of being in the UFC you know for years and years and years up until well up until the knockout of uh, Ben Askren he, he was kind of considered a bit of a journeyman you know for the fight against Askren Masvidal was, wasn't the favourite and it was kind of seen as a 
just sort of a, a stepping stone for Askren, um, obviously. Yeah. How the entire of history has changed on that. He's been he's been great with striking, but I think Burns is just as good. Um, you know, he's really shown that in the past couple of years. So. Well, yeah, I, I think but, Masvidal had that three three fight streak regarding just before Askren, he knocked out Darren Till in London. Um, of course, yeah, yeah, of course. And, and then, and then Askren, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. That was yeah, that I, period I of two, six months. Yeah. yeah, I get those two mixed up. Which one? Came, which one came first? Yeah, it was a bit of that. You know, was it like all in one year that he beat Till, Askren, and yeah. Nate? Yeah, it was like eight eight months or nine months or something. Yeah, and um, and I remember talk, talk the about, talk about a year that. <laughs> changes like, yeah, refreshes like an entire group. yeah, yeah like, it changes just, his life it went from yeah yeah went from kind of journeyman yeah. to just unbelievable superstar in you know not just the not pure UFC fans but the casual suddenly knew his name and yeah yeah were massive fans yeah and um, he was probably before the Till fight or round about the Till fight Aspirin fight he was probably 40 40 40,000 you know 50,000 plus a win bonus and then he fights uh, Nate Diaz and that becomes a huge pay-per-view a made-up belt BMF um, and then he has uh, two title fights with uh, uh, Usman and they're obviously big pay-per-view events as well so life-changing financially yeah. for sure yeah yeah life-changing but we we know his career he is He's got a great talk to his game, and that's sort of grown since the, you know, the twenty nineteen standout mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he he does lose a lot of fights. Uh, I forget who it was. I, I think it may have been to mention him again. Khabib, I think he said, "Oh, how can you have Masvidal as the BMF when he loses half of his fights?" And yeah, I think that was uh, Colby Covington. I think he called it the BMF belt. Broken, mediocre fighters. <laughs> Is that Colby? Yeah, Colby. That, that actually does sound a bit more Colby, to be fair. <laughs> broken, <laughs> mediocre fighters. Because <laughs> obviously, Nate yeah, Diaz, Diaz has got a 50-50 record as well. He's he's lost half of his fights. Yeah, yeah and I, I may it may have even been on this show a couple of years ago that we did a show on that where I said it's a great fight, obviously, and, and very entertaining for the fans, but... It is between two guys who lose a lot of fights anyway. Yeah. Uh, but it, you know, obviously, he brings a, a, another level of entertainment for sure with, with his talk game. And hey, UFC is a business at the end of the day. Mm. I, I do, with my hypocritical analysis, as I do mention that a lot of times, it is a business. And pay per view buys and the fighter interests at the end of the day it will rule the booking of Dana. Um, obviously, Dana keeps saying recently that Colby has definitely got. The fight, the, the, the next title fight, which I think is weird, just to say that so mm. with so much certainty. You know, um, I, I would argue that Masvidal, if, with a win here against Burns, should probably be the number one contender in, in my view, with the history they've got. But yeah, but in terms of the fighting styles and, and who's going to win, um, what what do you think? Well, if whichever fighter you pick, why do you think they would they would win this, or are you not decided, undecided? I do keep going back and forth, um, but I, I just think Burns is, is just such more, much better, well-rounded. Um, I, I think I think Burns wins this. Um, I I can't see him knocking Masvidal out. I think the the, the knockout from Usman was 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 very special and was quite shocking. So I don't think it will be a KO. I think it will be a decision win for Burns or a submission win for Burns mm. um, I, I don't I don't think Masvidal has lost via submission for a long time but I mean, we, we know how good Burns is on, on the map yeah uh, you know he's he's superb he's an um, expert uh, as, yeah. he show, as he showed recently with, with Neil Magny so yeah yeah I, I, feel, I feel like it'll be a decision win most likely for Burns yeah I tend to to agree for for the, the main reasons that you just mentioned, and so I'm not going to go over them again. Um, I think the key sort of components or indicators could be that it's three rounds, not five rounds. Um, so Gilbert Burns may be in a better position to take the early rounds, the first two rounds, through grappling, 
wrestling um, and then, then leave Masvidal desperate for a knockout in the third. And if he makes a mistake, Burns has got power to, to knock him out as well. Um, so that's one key indicator or component. And the other one is that I think a number of fights, I, I don't know the exact stats, they, they have fought at lightweight. So whether they're natural lightweights, I, I don't know. But um, they have, they've had quite a few fights in their careers at lightweight. So, um, you know, recently they have gone up to welterweight. So uh, I, I don't know if they've got the natural power of a welterweight. So that, that will be quite interesting to see when they start landing flush, which which they will, like we said at the start, there will be a fair amount of violence and blood. But uh, I think Gilbert Burns has a bit more to his his arsenal than uh, than Masvidal. Yeah, yeah, it, that sort of goes in line with what, with what I said. I think he's just a, just a little bit yeah. has more bows to his arrow. I think is what is what they say. Yeah. I just uh, yeah in. In three rounds, it's not easy to frustrate. Don't get me wrong; I'm not making this very, very simple. But mm. for Masvidal, he's not one-dimensional, but it's definitely his striking, which is his main, yeah. you know, his main danger point. Yeah. And you know, Gil Burns is incredible on the mat. If you can take Masvidal down, like you said, for two rounds, dominate on the mat, then you're going to. And that's he does tend to get frustrated. Yeah. Um, he, you know, multiple times he's had after a fight where he, he said, you know, how, you know, crotch sniffer and all, and all this, you know, but it's like, well, <laughs> to wrestlers. if it wins them the fight, yeah. then, yeah, yeah, yeah if it wins them the fight, they're going to do it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, hey, I was probably being a little bit feisty with a submission. It probably won't be a submission win. Mm. Um, we haven't seen it for Masvidal for a long time, him tapping out or, yeah. or getting choked out, but yeah, probably a decision win for, for Burns. Yeah, I, I think it'll be a decision to Burns as well, so for Burns. So, uh, okay, uh, moving on to the, the main event, uh, Pereira versus Adesanya 2. Um, I I did watch some of the, the highlights before we started recording, and uh, Adesanya did have quite a bit of success with the overhand right, some of his uh, sort of uh, kicks to the to the body. Uh, and uh, I think he had one knockdown in the first or second round. But uh, and the other surprising thing was how much grappling or wrestling Adesanya w- was trying to do, uh, which I think don't think any of us expected. And then Pereira took him down once. But give us your general thoughts on the the, the rematch. You bring up a very good point. Just just right there, the, the amount of grappling and and clinches because you know Pereira is I mean he looks like a light heavyweight in there on fight night and to to want to actually get him close up like that and in that kind of situation I think is fa- fairly ballsy of Adesanya um, I think it's a quite a quick turnaround isn't it this rematch I think you know he did it uh, sort of four or five months ago um, yeah. and I don't think much has changed about the stylistic matchup um, you, you mentioned that the knockdown there for Adesanya I think he it, that was, it was quite infamous, wasn't it? It was, in the, was, it was at the end of the first round. Yeah. And he got a strike off after the bell. Mm. Um, I think 10 more seconds in that in that round, I think Adesanya potentially could have finished it. So I, I think that's, uh, that's quite telling. But it was very impressive of Pereira to come back from that and not be overawed with the situation and, mm. and not go in, swing in still. He took the time off in between rounds and regrouped. Um, I'm going to double down on what I said in the last show that we did for this fight. It was only a few months ago. Yeah. Um, Pereira has Adesanya's number. Yeah. And a, a wise man called Daniel Cormier once said, well, if I've lost all the fights, I guess there is no rivalry. Mm. And Pereira has now won three. Granted, two of them was in kickboxing, but yeah. it's still... A fight. Yeah. It, you know, yeah, it's still a fight. It's still a combat sport. It's now three to nothing. Mm. Um I just think sometimes a guy just has you figured out um, whether Adesanya can work out what that is and and and, and combat that. Uh, we will see, we'll soon see. But I think it was quite telling that Adesanya he did have Pereira rocked at the first the end of the first round, um, which means it can be done. You know, it's not like Pereira walked in there and just mm. walked through Adesanya. It was yeah. very very close. It was. You know? It was. Until there was it the fourth fourth round minute to go two minutes ago was it something very close and 
fifth round, was it? It was a fifth round knockout, wasn't it, from Pereira? Yeah, yeah, a couple minutes to go. Um, I, can't, I, th- I think I might have said it was a little bit of an early stoppage because I think I think Adesanya kind of was aware of what was going on a little bit, and he was very quick to. And he was get up he was still on his vert- he was sort of bending down, but he wasn't completely on the mat, was he? I don't think. Yeah, I think he claimed he was he was working and he was trying to work out what to do. Um, it, it wasn't. I would call it early. I, I think there could have been a more definitive end to it, but at the end of the day. Um, he, he didn't give the referee enough to, to mm. keep the fight going so it, it was very impressive that Pereira you know he's lived up to the hype and, and he, he signed he kind of justified that meteoric rise it's been it's been pretty quick uh, you know his record's only in what 7-1 8-1 mm-hmm. yeah. so it, it's been very quick but to, to walk into the UFC have a couple of fights and then beat Adesanya I mean yeah something special a lot of guys have tried it yeah yeah so sometimes, like I said, I'll double down on it. Sometimes a guy just has your number and he just has you figured yeah. out. Um, it's close, but yeah, sometimes that is the case. Yeah, I, I'm I'm erring towards Pereira. I'm, I'm sort of undecided, but um, yeah, the reason why I'm going towards Pereira is, is what you said. It, it's probably in Adesanya's head um, because he he did a fairly dominant moments in that first fight but couldn't finish him and um, and this from a stylistic or a fighting perspective is Pereira going to do anything from a wrestling perspective did he ever feel threatened from Adesanya's attempts and vice versa Pereira took uh, Adesanya down are they going to focus on their strengths which is their stand up their kickboxing their their sort of striking or are they going to maybe think, oh, the other guy was a bit weak on that. Maybe if I wrestled and grappled a bit more, I could have finished him. I don't know. But um, it didn't look very natural to them, wrestling, uh, grappling. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it's it's definitely what you said. I think it's definitely, it must be in Alessandra's head. I'm pretty sure I said that in the last last show that we did yeah. on this subject. Yeah, it, it's, it's got to be playing on your mind. And now it's three and no. Like how can you, mm. you can't ignore something like that? Yeah. Um, I think I, I think this might release the shackles a bit of Adesanya. You've rocked him once and all, you know almost had the finish with a little bit more time to go in the rounds. I think you've just got to go for it now. Yeah. I think the last the last fight you were the champ. You were trying to retain your belt, so you you can go out there with a little bit of hesitancy and try and get the win. A long way, but I yeah. think now you've lost that belt. You've, you know, you've, you've got three and zero. I think you've got to go out there and say, Do you know what? I, ha- I did rock him. I was close. We've just got to go for it. It worked then. And I think you've just got to have a bit more cutting edge to, to your game. Yeah. Um, so that could work in his favour for sure if he if he comes out like that and comes out all guns blazing. The the other reason why I think um, Adesanya's mind might not be quite there in terms of this particular fight is that I watched uh, something on YouTube now this is completely peripheral it's not really anything to do with fighting but it's to do with what comes with fighting which is fame and fortune and um, Adesanya was I would call it whinging maybe he wouldn't call it whinging but he was talking about people if he's in a restaurant with family someone wants to you know, a fan wants to come and take a photo and he, he finds it intrusive and disruptive to his evening. And um, he was given various examples. He, been, he was in a restaurant once and then he was in somewhere else and whatever. But I was thinking, yeah, but if when you're not famous, that's probably the thing you crave is being recognised and famous and, you know, having fortune. But now he's he's had it for a while, for three or four years. Has he lost that? The real bite to say I still want to be this superstar or is he just like oh well I'm not really that bothered SRB Media yeah it's it's it seems like maybe his mind isn't on on it I, I mean I'm sure he hasn't been going on about that too much but it's uh, he also does a lot of YouTube as well he, he does lots, lots of like fight reactions I mm. think he does it most most UFC events um I think he tries and plays it off as you know. Oh, I'm cool. I'm you know. I'm cool headed. I've I've got this. You know, mm. a loss doesn't phase me. 
it's a kind of the same thing that Usman did. You know, that even when they lost, it was kind of like, yeah, it's it's fine. This is life. Mm. It happens, but. I mean, it must be eating you up inside, no matter what. You know, yeah. if you lose three three fights to zero, yeah. I mean, you, you you must not be human if you if you say that doesn't affect you and you mean it. Yeah, I'm just wondering if Adesanya is, is maybe uh, fed up of fame. I don't. Know. It's just a very wild sort of a summary or musing of what may be in his head. We don't know, but uh, okay. Back to fighting. So it sounds like you're going to go Pereira. I, the, I think the major pull for me going Pereira is just the fact that I think he has he mm-hmm. has Adesanya figured out and he has his number. Yeah. Um, I, I think Adesanya still has the experience of the big fights. Mm-hmm. He still has much more experience in in MMA. Um, so all that kind of suggests that Adesanya should get the win, but yeah. it depends how he takes his fight. I, I feel like he'll have a much better chance if he goes for the go, goes for the jugular and just goes out and, and absolutely mm. goes for it. Um, but just from from the fact that Pereira's done it now once in MMA, he's three and zero. I would go Pereira again. Yeah. I, I think it may be a decision because I think it was a bit of an early stoppage mm. in the last fight. I think it was heading towards a decision. So I'll go for a decision win again. That kind of sucks. I picked two decisions to finish off the pay per view. But <laughs> if they're if they're mm. potential match of the you know fights of the years, then yeah, we won't be complaining. Some decisions are classic fights. They're not all uh, not boring, are they? So um, no, I, I think uh, Pereira. He, he was quite slow last time. He, I think he he saw the first three rounds. He was almost just mulling along, pedestrian trying to trying to work out. Adesanya, I think he needs to start faster um, and not sort of wait until the third and fourth rounds to wake up. So uh, maybe his camp will work on that. Yeah, for sure. And you know, Adesanya's got a just just such a good camp around him as well. Maybe a more secure camp as well than Pereira could work in his favour, but. I'm gonna triple down on it. Some, something hasn't worked for the past three fights, so uh, uh, yeah. We, I just as a as a slightly betting man, mm-hmm. I, it, when it's three and zero, I just I can't in my head grasp. Yeah, I can't say, oh yeah, well Adesanya's got it sorted. I just think, well, it's three and zero for a reason. And you don't you don't get many three and zero, four and zero fights in mixed martial arts. Usually after two, it's done. Yeah, so. yeah, you can't ignore the form. I think is what you're saying. Yeah, so. Uh, Okay, so we've both gone for Pereira. That's good. I think we're both thinking decision, probably. Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, so moving on to uh, the uh, world of MMA, UFC news. Um, what what you got for us this month, Matt? Well, it's kind of affecting the English again and us in the UK, but it was, it was very recent that Paddy Pimlet, um, from from his hospital bed um, after an ankle surgery, I think it was last night or the day before that, um, he's called out Jared Gordon again. Um, obviously, Jared Gordon is the guy that Paddy beat in his last fight, and I'm, I'm doing that in adverts commas <laughs> in real life um, because I think it was quite it was understood that it was pretty much a draw or a Gordon win. Um, so I, I think it's weird that a winner would call out the guy that you've just beaten I think that's really weird you, you'll never see that usually the winner walks off into the sunset takes the win and moves on but it um, it, it, it kind of makes me gain a little respect for, for Paddy Pimlet in a in, in a guy who is largely uh, very childish and kind of a bit cringy from time to time it shows a little bit of maturity I think from my point of view that he would Go, do you know what? I probably did lose that fight. I want to right the wrong. I want to fight him again and make it more uh, solidified. It, you know, a little bit of respect comes from me for that, I think. Yeah. Yeah, he, he probably wants to do it again to make it, you know, shut the doubters up. Yeah, make it convincing, finish him, knock him out, submit him, or, or one of, you know, one of the, one of the ways. Uh, yeah, I think that's his, that's his motivation. And I think. He's in that hospital bed tirade that he posted. Um, I'm not sure what the hospital thought of it, but there you go, or his doctors. Um, 
he said he broke his ankle in that first in the first round of the Gerard Gordon fight, so or splint splintered his ankle or something. That's why he's had the surgery. Um, and he was fighting with one leg yeah, effectively. Was, yeah, yeah, I, he was he was heavily limping after the fight, and on the way out, um, I think he said he was going to be out for quite a while. Um, oh. It has been a little while now. Um, okay. Yeah, it, it, it's just very odd. You, you you very rarely see that. You, yeah, you don't. You often don't see a winner turn around and say, "Do you know what?" It's it's kind of like a professional wrestling thing that you see happen. Like, yeah. oh well, I won the I won I won technically, but I was beaten up hard and I didn't deserve it. So I want to have another go, you know, and really put put a stamp on it. Yeah, it it, it helped his career, and also maybe there isn't a great deal amount of people wanting to to fight him potentially mm. you know I'm, I'm sure Paddy Pimblett is in constant contact with the UFC and you know constantly t- talking options so maybe there just isn't a massive amount for him at the moment so it's a good it's an easy fight to build you know a rematch it's a good fight to build yeah a lot of, a lot of controversy on the decision yeah yeah and it's, it, it doesn't doesn't hurt to have, have a have a two win on, on your record I think the last one was on pay-per-view Mm. Um, yeah, and it was quite a heavy build on the UFC embedded uh, YouTube documentary thing that they do throughout yeah. the fight week. I don't know if you watch that on YouTube. Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, which was always good fun. Paddy Pillman mm. was quite heavily featured on that. So yeah, he, he's got his own podcast, and uh, he had Dana White on his podcast, and uh, yeah, there was a huge push. Well, he's very. He's very popular with Dana White, but possibly because Dana White sees the promotional um, promise of Paddy Pimler, but also Paddy went in hard on Ariel Helwani, and we know the relationship between them and the UFC, so it's probably doing yeah. a lot of good for his his Dana White <laughs> uh, relationship. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, looking forward to seeing where that goes, because it was a few months ago now that that fight happened, yeah. uh, the Paddy fight, and... It's a bit weird that he's only having surgery just now. I suppose mm. that's the state of the NHS, I suppose. <laughs> he's probably got private care. Well, we don't know, but uh, he can afford it, I would imagine. Um, you, you, would, you would imagine so. Yeah. It's quite weird that he'd wait this long, to be fair. Yeah. Maybe he was doing some other promotional stuff. Who knows? Um, yeah, what have we got next, Matt? Well, it's, it's quite a quiet time. Obviously, we're, we're kind of waiting for... Uh, Connor and Chandler's yeah. series to come out on okay. on the ultimate on the ultimate fighter. So uh, that's fine. It's, uh, it's not that's not the only news, but they tend to dominate, don't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we've got a fan question anyway, um, so we'll, we'll dig into that. And you sort of touched on this earlier, um, talking about Masvidal and Burns, um, but this is from Christian in Switzerland. Um, Thank you for that. And uh, just paraphrasing, um, should Colby Covington be next for Edwards? If if so, why? Or if not, why? I imagine. Uh, probably not. To be fair, um, it, you don't get a title fight just because you turned up as a backup fighter and you know made weight. And that's what he said in the the, the press conference because obviously. He turned up and made weight for the Leon Edwards Usman uh, fight recently. He made weight as a backup fighter, and in, in the press conference afterwards, he said, "Well, you know, I, I, I've turned up and made weight. That makes me number one contender." And then Dana White essentially came out after the fight and said, "Yeah, yeah, he's right. He's the ne- he, he's the next mm-hmm. the next fighter." I think yeah. it, it's probably close between him and the winner of of Masvidal and Burns. I, I think it's probably close. But uh, yeah, you're right. I did touch on it earlier. And the UFC is a business, and yeah. they see Colby Covington as a as a a fighter of interest with 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 fans and and the general public and yeah and everybody. So it, it's kind of a fight that eventually makes sense. Um, but you, you think I, th- I think Colby Covington versus a American champion has more. Pull than a Covington versus an English champ yeah. would have because mm. yeah, Masvidal has has the build already kind of set up. Mm. Uh, you know, Colby he kind of leans into the whole Donald Trump thing against an American fighter. It it writes itself. Yeah, you know? but yeah, you, you can't really pull that against uh, an English 
no champ doesn't doesn't carry the same uh, meaning behind it or re- relevance or uh, impetus but um if we look at it from a rankings perspective Kobe Covington is number two and the reason he's number two because now Usman is number one so from a rankings perspective he does deserve it if you push Masvidal and I understand promotionally why because of the previous uh, real sort of fight they had or uh, sort of altercation shall we say Masvidal is number 11 at the moment so if he wins will he go to 8 9 don't know and Burns is, is five, so if Burns wins, will he go to number three? So as we stand, Covington is is Covington is the highest ranked fighter behind obviously Usman, but he's lost. So he deserves but, it from, from that rankings, perspective. If you look at rankings only, the, yeah. The rankings obviously a good um, guide guideline, but the fact that the Kamara Usman is still number one after losing twice, yeah, is I, I just don't. That doesn't make sense to me. I mean, he should be third, potentially fourth. Yeah. Um, in terms of how it should work, if Masvidal wins against Burns, he should jump to fifth, really, you think. Mm. It should be a simple replace system. If you beat a guy in fifth, you take fifth. I mean, that should be the way it, the way it is. Yeah. Um, Chamayev is still there, of course. Yeah, yeah. In a bit of a weird situation at the moment he's got he's going to move to uh, middleweight isn't he I don't think he's going to get another fight at welterweight he keeps challenging Colby doesn't he and then Colby (laughs) keeps firing back saying I'll never fight you because you miss weight Um, (laughs) really that should be the fight to make at welterweight Mm. it should be I I would do the winner of Masvidal and Burns against Edwards Mm. Colby and Chemaev to fight each other that kind of lives uh, Bilal Mohammed in a I, bit of a weird spot. I don't um, think they can trust Jemayev, to be honest. And I think he said the next fight is middleweight anyway. So uh, that sort of leaves him out of the picture. Was that confirmed? I, well, Dana White, well, how can we say confirmed? If Dana White says it, most of the time it's correct. But uh, I don't think it's anything it official. A, yeah. Right. It, it was a big miss, don't get me wrong. Yeah. The welterweight, Chimaev. Uh, uh, it was a big miss, right? And then, then he laughed um, about it. He, he didn't take it seriously. So, would you trust him as a promoter? I don't know. I wouldn't. Um, I mean, after once, after one time, I think if you'd explain why it is a big deal, I mean, you, pro- you probably should know it's a big deal. Um, and that was probably a bit of a mistake on his part, you know, to try and laugh it off. I think it was nine, nine pounds, was it? Or eight pounds or something? Uh, yeah, eight or nine pounds. It's a, it's a big miss. But yeah. I just don't... Even so, I think the size difference for him at middleweight would be... Like like I, I mentioned, Alex Pereira, you know, he, he, he legitimately looks like a light heavyweight mm. on fight on fight night. I just don't... I just don't see how Chimaev... I mean, he's not small, but... He, he's, a, he's, a, that he's a big guy. He's a tall guy. Yeah. But, uh, okay. Uh, you're sort of saying... Comington doesn't deserve it. I'm, I'm saying I think he does. So we'll, we'll see. The other interesting thing that Covington said was that um, don't cross your boss. So if Dana wants it and Edwards says no and Edwards loses, you know, then it's going to be a hard road back for Edwards because it took him how many? Ten fights in a row to get the first um, first fight with Usman? Was he was he on 10, 10 and 0 streak, Edwards? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a big, it's, big, long streak. Yeah, yeah, and obviously, as a as a Brit, I want to see that. I want to see it can continue, and it's nice to have a have a yeah a champion represent us. And for sure, it'd be good to see him have a, a good yeah. run for sure. Okay, well, that that'll be an interesting. It's already creating debate as we we've just demonstrated. So uh, maybe that's what the UFC wants. People oh, debating yeah, for sure. it. Yeah, yeah, it can't. Yeah. yeah, it can't. It can't. It can't do any harm for sure. Yeah. And people disagreeing like we are, so <laughs> that's good. Good for business, as they say. Yeah, it's, it's good for business. It, it keeps talk going, and at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what we think or say because there's only going to be one man who makes the decisions. Yeah, and it's it's what he thinks. So uh, we can, you, you know, I'm sure they'll all get a shot. I'm sure I, I can see all of those, all of those guys getting a shot. Maybe not Masvidal if he loses. Uh, but I could easily see yeah. uh, Covington. Um, Bilal Mohammed definitely deserves it as well. I mean, yeah. he, he's a name that kind of gets forgotten about. He's in the mix uh, for sure. That's a, yeah, 
he's in the mix, but maybe that's a, a, a maybe he should think about keeping him, his name relevant and maybe getting his name a bit more out there and well known because it his name tends to get a bit forgotten. You mm. know, everybody goes to Covington, Jemayev, and yeah, Gilbert Burns. So yeah. Okay, thank you, Matt. That brings us to the end of the this podcast, UFC 287, Pereira versus Adesanya 2. And um, I think that's on April the 9th, which is uh, a week and a half away as we record. And, um, yeah, so anything from your side, Matt, purely MMA, anything you've got, you're going to do or maybe planning to do or... We're we're, all, we're always on the lookout, of course, to, to to go to events. It was it was a shame not to go see uh, Leon Edwards in his title defence recently. But like I said, I said before, the, the pricing we mm. we were massively outpriced. I think it was the, the the pricing of the whole event was was just not aimed. It was aimed at a certain clientele, and it was definitely rich people who live in London, mm. um, unfortunately. But we're always on the lookout, and obviously, I think UFC are going to be in 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 England and the UK a lot more now going forward with Leon Edwards. Yeah. Um, so, ho- hopefully, in the next event, it's not in the O2. I think the O2 and, and London in specific. I think it makes it a, that the pricing is aimed at a certain, like I said, a certain demographic. Hopefully, Leon Edwards gets his fight in Birmingham. You know, obviously he's from Birmingham yeah. so it, it just makes sense for it to be there I, I can't I think he supports Villa um, yeah I'm like Birmingham uh, Birmingham City uh, it's one of those I think it's Villa I think maybe so maybe if he gets like a fight at Villa Park mm. or football stadium oh, or yeah. some, some state yeah some stadium out there I know yeah. Dana City doesn't like it particularly but put it in Birmingham it's his home literally his hometown yeah don't, yeah. don't overlook them but yeah we'll be, we'll be looking to that and any other MMA events and uh Thank okay. you to our sponsors as well, Overst, Overst Events, sponsors Purely MMA for our live tweeting. Yeah. Um, and obviously, my other passion is wrestling, so we've got WrestleMania coming up this weekend, so Purely Wrestling on Twitter will be live tweeting through that as well. So Excellent. That's good stuff. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so this has been the MMA Shower, sponsored by Hatton James Legal and OverstEvents.com and uh, produced and edited by SRB Media. So thank you all for listening and uh, good evening, good afternoon, good morning.